the Lord. I, and, and we'll pray for Abigail too, or uh, Annabelle. But the thing is, parents go through it just as bad as the children do because you try to help them and it's like, I can't really do anything. And the Lord really has to intervene. But I just know that they would appreciate a little extra strength right now from the presence of God and to uh, minister to them. Let's just pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we look to you today as the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord God. We're asking you right now that, Lord God, you would reach down and to touch brother and sister flowers. God, upgird them and strengthen them through this time, God. The surgery was necessary and it was successful, Lord. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And we pray for Annabelle, Lord, a quick recovery, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray that, Father, you would touch her and strengthen her, Lord, in Jesus' name. And, and help her in the journey back over the mountain, Lord. We're just asking your help today. Lord, we ask your blessings upon it, your strength, Lord God, that, that would sustain and bring her through it. Father, we thank you for all that you're working and doing. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to, to Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6, I want to share a verse with you as we get started this morning. Did anybody come expecting a miracle? Sunday school kids can be dismissed, by the way. Not three and a half, but... <laughs> uh, and not 11 and a half probably either. <laughs> okay. I'm excited about the Sunday school. I was deeply concerned with my grandchildren being out of Sunday school for an entire year. It's like, Lord, have mercy. I don't want to miss that generation or lose that generation because we're not instilling the word of God in their heart. But they're back in Sunday school. So grandpa's pretty excited. He likes that. Amen. God is so good. Philippians 1 and 6, <clears throat> being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. God never gives up on you. What he started in your life, he's well able to perform. We can take detours. We can do a lot of things. But when he began the work, he intends for that work to be accomplished and to be done. I feel in the Holy Ghost today to deal with being in a slump. Being in a place you don't feel God. Being in a place that you wonder, God, where are you at? And I, I don't feel you. I, I, I don't even see where you're really working, though I know you're God and I know you're out there. But, but how do I handle this? And, and how can I deal with this? Because every one of us will deal with this. Some of us call it the wilderness. We're in a wilderness area with God. It's interesting because the Lord spoke to John the Baptist in the wilderness. It was in the desert place. It was when he was all alone. It's when he couldn't feel God or really see what was going on. But God had began a work in him that was going to be accomplished in his life. You may be seated. Athletes call it a slump. They can do really good for a while, 
And then all of a sudden you're thinking, is that a rookie? <laughs> he can't do anything right. He's falling all over himself. And, and it's a slump. I have experienced it in the world of athletics. Um, in my background of rodeo, I, I can remember going through slumps where, man, you couldn't ride a stick horse to water. I, I, I mean, you just fall off and you're going, you know, what's going on here? And, and what it is, is I, I'd lost some focus. I, uh, I had too many things going in my life or my mind going too many other places. And, and, to, and to realize that, hey, I'm in this slump, but i got to get myself out of it. Preachers and church workers call it burnout. <laughs> I'm just burned out. I'm done. I'm, I'm wore out. No, no. You just lost your priorities. You're not burned out. You may call it that because you feel like you're exhausted. Uh, so, again, it, it's important that we see swimmers call it treading water. <laughs> see, I just can't make it anywhere. I can't get to where I'm trying to go. I can't accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. But, but even people in the scriptures had trouble. Moses uh, uh, was a miracle uh, in that he was put in the river and that bushel basket and gone down. And, and of course, God had everything orchestrated for him and, and Pharaoh's daughter, and they would pull him out of the water and they would raise him. But in his first 40 years, he, he felt he had it together. I know what God wants me to do. And, and I believe he had direction. I just believe he went about it wrong. By killing that Egyptian, that was not how God intended that to work. The next 40 years of his life, he's on the backside in the desert, and he's learning how to be a shepherd. Why? Because God had begun a good work in him, but he definitely was not done with Moses yet. And when God begins a work in your life, please understand, you're going to have these moments in your life. Come on, Elijah called fire down from heaven, and, and, and what an awesome thing. Now, wouldn't we love to do that? I mean, we can't, but at times when people are giving us a hard time, we think, man, if I could just call fire, <laughs> I'd light you up and you'd see I was right. But we can't do that. But Elijah had called fire down from heaven, consumed the sacrifice. And Jezebel had made a threat to him. And he now runs for his life. And he's on the backside of a desert and, or, or in the wilderness and the animals are feeding him. But Elijah goes into a pity party. Woe is me. I'm the only one serving God. Nobody else there loves you like I love you. Nobody else out there is working like I'm working for you. And the Lord helps him out. He said, I got 7,000 men that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. You're not the only one. You're in a very large crowd. What I want you to see something here when we talk about pulling out of a wilderness or a slump in your life. He focused on himself. His focus was on, look what I had done, Lord. You, you need to reciprocate this back to me. Versus, Lord, what's your will for me that I have done this? What is next in my ministry? What is next in my life? Because, God, you've begun this work, and it's awesome. But I know that God was not done with him because we have the story to read. But if I could ask you today in your personal walk with God and where somebody is at today in their walk with God, you may feel like, I just want to give up. I'm so frustrated. I, I, I mean, I'm in this place, and I can't feel God. Do you realize you may have witnessed to somebody? 
somebody. And you may have won somebody to God. And it's like calling fire out of heaven. I mean, whoa! They're coming in and they got baptized and they're being filled with the Holy Ghost. But then now you're on the backside of a desert somewhere. You're in this place that that all of of the ooh and the awe and the presence of God isn't what it was before. The scripture encourages us that the just shall walk by faith. This is all a walk of faith. I I can't walk by my feelings. My feelings will always get me in trouble. If you want to scare me, just say, I follow my heart. (laughs) Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all. Who can know? You got to walk by faith in what the word of God said, because your heart will lead you to believe things that are absolutely not true. You could be sitting here today, and if you listen to your heart, the enemy will use it and say, well, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. That's a lie. By faith, God is love. God loves me. My brothers and sisters love me. Come on. We've got to quit getting our eyes off of us in the wilderness, in the desert, in the slump, or wherever I'm at, and begin to realize, okay, God, help me out here. I'm in this place, and and I'm unsure of what's going on or why or what you're doing. Naomi was trapped in Moab after her husband and children died. I bet that felt odd. I don't even belong here. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be here in the first place. And I need to get back to my people. Notice it didn't happen overnight. Everything with God is in his timing. And he's got a purpose for everything that we are in. And so, again, it becomes important. The scripture encourages me in John 10 and 10. He said, for the thief cometh not but to rob and kill and destroy. But he came that I might have life and that more abundantly. I want to live in the abundant life that he has given me, that he wants me to have. But I'm here to tell you the reason we get in trouble is, is because of the word priority. If I could use that word this morning, it's important. Uh, Priority is a singular word, not plural. Priority. How I get myself out of the desert if I put myself there? How do I get out of the slump if I put myself? Now, if God has got you in the wilderness, you ain't coming out till it's time to come out. But I'm talking about I can get so busy doing a lot of things that I lose track of the real priority in my life. I can't blame God for that because of the busyness of my schedule. I struggle with that. I'm a workaholic. And I know it. So I got to pay attention that I'm not getting so busy doing this and this and this and this. That now I have lost the real priority of what God is trying to do in my life. And the ministry God is trying to fulfill in my life. But because I put a lot of other things in, this begins to suffer. Now I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. Now I I don't have, uh, those doors aren't opening in ministry like they used to. Why? Because he is a jealous God. He's not going to share me with the world and all my activities and the things I want to do. No. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing things. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm talking about getting so busy that, that I've lost my priority. Now, the word priority came into the English language in 1400. 
And it was that way for the next 500 years until we got to the 1900s. In the 1900s, we changed the word from singular to plural to priorities. You can't have priorities. You have to have a priority. See, so what they've done, they've allowed us, I got 10 priorities. Really? How's that work? How, how, what's the most important one? How do you know which one to do first and which one second? Now, I'm not against having, you know, things I need to get done, and, and I write them down. Okay, I need to do this. I need to take care of this and that. But I really should have just one single priority in my life being the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if he is priority, if he is everything to me, if I have surrendered my life to him, then when I go to him, I say, Lord, you are my number one priority. So what is my day? going to be today what do you have for me today will I get to witness to somebody today do I get to teach a bible study today lord what door would open for me lord am I just going to spend time with you today am I going to spend time in the word of God today because God when you're the priority in my life I'm not living in a rut so it begins important turn with me to Mark chapter 12 and and let's go to verse 28 and, and look at this word priority for a little bit today. We making any sense this morning? I mean, we're in a world that's got so many things. The computer world, the internet, the, the gaming, and on and on can take so much of your time. But it really shouldn't be the priority in my life. Those things need to have limits put on them. Let's say you game for a half hour. You're, you game for 20 minutes or you somewhere, because if not, your priority is going to get all upside down. And you're going to say, where's God? He's not the priority. Notice what he says here. I thought it'd be on the screen. Uh, so. Uh, Mark 12. The, the scribes came to Jesus and they asked him a question. In Mark chapter 12. Okay. Notice what they said unto him. And one of the scribes came. Having heard them reason together. Perceived that he had answered them well. Which is the first commandment of all. Now this is interesting. In the first commandment of all. Let me give you a little history. Why this question was asked. Okay. There are 613 laws and commandments in the Old Testament. So when he was asking Jesus, what is the greatest of all the commandments? These 613 commandments were broke up into 248 of them were positive, telling us to do something positive. While 365 of them were negative saying, don't you dare. So the scribe thinks, man, I got it together. I mean, there's 365, I can quote all of them, and I'm going to ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? Or could I say it another way? What should your number one priority be? Verse 29. And Jesus answered. Notice Jesus did not hesitate on what the number one priority in my life should be. Number one, first of all commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He said, you need to know this is the greatest commandment of all. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The next verse, please. 
and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. The number one priority in my life, I believe, has to be I got to love God with everything that is in this heart. This heart can't be divided by the world and the things that are in the world. Somewhere he has got to be first and foremost in my life. I, I, I believe that it's important to pray. But let me just say something here. If I would get up in the morning and pray for a while and never speak to God the rest of the day, you can't convince me that I love him with all my heart. There should be conversation throughout the day. There should be fellowship throughout the day with him. Not pray, put him on a shelf, I'll catch you tomorrow. I'll be back. But when you love someone, you interact with them. You don't talk to them in the morning and it's done. No, you're texting, you're sending notes, you're calling, you're, you're, you're going to see them. Why? Because you love them. So the priority that I've got to come back and look at is do I really love God? In Revelation chapter 2, the church in Ephesus, when Jesus said, I have somewhat against you, he said, because you have left your first love. You know how to tell if you've lost your first love? Do you still have the zeal that you had when you came to God? Man, I can't wait till church time. Two more days, really? I just can't wait. Man, I can't wait to pray. Oh, spend time with God. Oh, I can't wait to get in the Word. What's He going to show me today? See, that new convert zeal was. You couldn't wait to get into that Word. You couldn't wait to have fellowship with God. You couldn't wait. You come to the pastor and say, there ain't enough, enough church services in the week. You're making me wait too long. You know how you've lost your zeal? Oh, God, we got to go again? Really, I, I got to pray? See, somewhere I've lost that first love, that zeal, that desire. And he told them into the church in Ephesus, you, you better get something back. Your priorities were not where they needed to be. You've lost something. Now, thank God I can get it back. But I need to recognize what I've lost. Do you realize, have you ever lost anything you didn't know you'd lost it? Until you go to find it. But, but this thing's been lost a long time. You know, where's that at? I know I got it around here somewhere. I believe that you can lose your love for God and not even realize it immediately. But when things begin to, to flow and, and, the, and the elder needs things done or calling another prayer meeting, another one. But see, when you had the zeal and the love, that, that first love that you had, it was, I can't wait. I just want to dive in. I just, I need to know more. And, and let me tell you, I believe the answer to getting my priorities straight, if you're in the church, you just got to pray back through the Holy Ghost. You really do. You, you, if you'll pray back through, there'll be new zeal. Come on. There'll be new hunger. Come on. There'll be new desire. Because, see, in my, in my busyness of my schedule, I haven't prayed back through. I haven't really touched God like I need. I mean, I check in every day, but I, I'm talking about where you really pray through and you get a hold of God and say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for letting me in your presence. Thank you for what you showed me. Thank you for how you're leading me and guiding me. God, I, this is what I'm hungry for. Priority, priority. So it's important for priority. And he goes on and he said, and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Where's your mind at? If you love him with all your mind, you're not going to be thinking about all those things that don't help you serve God. 
when we teach the anger management class, it was interesting to me that I was teaching on if you're going to stop thinking. Now, you got to realize I'm dealing with addicts and angry people, okay? So I, I shared with them. I said, now, if you're going to stop thinking about just beating people up and shooting people and running over them with your car, you know, if you're going to, if you got to change your mind on all that, which you do, or you're going to go to prison, so you're here. I said, you're going to have to change your thinking. So I said, the only way I know how to change your thinking is, and by the way, I don't believe you can change it, but I'm just not going to think those thoughts anymore. Don't work that way. You've got to remove those thoughts in prayer, and you've got to replace them with something. So I shared with them, I said, I personally begin to memorize Scripture. Because if I don't want to think all these bad thoughts and think all these horrible things, then I need to replace it with verses that will help me to love, to forgive, to be kind. You see what I'm saying? And I begin, and I would memorize them into that part because I can't do too much church in them. And, and on we go. The next week, a young man came and brought me 10 verses he had memorized <laughs> and quoted them before class. See, because he caught, he caught it. He began to realize, my thinking's wrong. My thinking's horrible. I want revenge. I, somebody's going to pay for this, and you can't treat me that way, and you can't talk to me that way. When you think those thoughts, please understand, your actions are not too far behind. Yeah, you talk yourself into doing a lot of bad things. I know we blame the devil. The devil made me do it. He didn't make me do anything. I yielded to my thought process and what I was thinking. You can't talk to me that way. Who do you think you are? And pretty soon I find myself screaming at them or pushing them or hitting them or whatever because of the thought. So <clears throat> one of the things that can put me in my wilderness or the desert in my life is if my thinking's wrong. Because he said, number one priority, i got to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, everything that is within me. And then my mind and my thought process has to be in a place that, that is pleasing to God. I, I tell you what, it's a joy to not be tormented in your mind. I've been there. I've been there. But thank God for the word of God. And he goes on to say, and, uh, and with all thy strength, everything that is within you. It's, uh, that, that's why when you're, we're going to serve God, let's do it with everything. I, I've had people try to insult me. Can you believe that? They say, man, you got a one-track mind. All you think about is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I said, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> if you're trying to insult me, it's not working. <laughs> Because why? I don't want, I don't care about what's going on in the world. I, I don't care what's going on over here. I can't fix it. I can't correct it. I can't change it. I can have an opinion of it. But I don't know if that's any good. It isn't going to accomplish anything. is isn't going to change anything. But if I keep my priorities where they belong, then I'm going to be in a place where God can use me. I, I believe that this is the most exciting time that I have ever lived in in my life is during COVID, riots, everything that is out there. It is crazy that is out there. Why? Because I believe the hand of God is working through this for you and I to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is our day of opportunity. Guys like me have been praying about this for years, a tremendous harvest of soul and people coming in. But notice if I don't keep my priorities 
focused on God and loving him, I can start looking at all the injustice out there and all the craziness that's going on out there, but I don't want that. What I want is where's the hand of God at? Where's the move of God at? God, who do you have for me to talk to? Lord, am I staying focused on your will, your plan, and your purpose for my life? And so I think it becomes important when we, when we realize this is what God wants. Number two, he said, <clears throat> and the second is like unto this. Isn't it great? He didn't ask what the second greatest commandment was. God just said, I'm going to help you out. You're going to have to love your neighbor as yourself. Until you learn to love God, you will struggle loving yourself. We're really good at beating ourselves up. We're really good about telling ourselves how bad we are. And we may have had a little help growing up. You know, somebody sharing those type of statements and comments to us. You know how I've handled it? That is simply an opinion. It's not a fact. That is simply an opinion. That you think I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, I'll never mount anything, and I can't do anything right. But I'm going to come back to our starting verse. But he that hath begun a good work in you, he can do things in your life that are so amazing. He can take you places you never dreamed you could go in the work of the kingdom of God. Aren't you glad that God is not interested in your past? Isn't it interesting that in a vehicle, a car, you have the windshield? And most windshields are pretty good size because they want you to see ahead of you. Do you realize that everything in your walk with God is progressive? It's about moving ahead. Do you realize that they put a little bitty mirror on that windshield, a fraction of the size of that front window? And that rearview mirror is just to be glanced in to see can I pass? Is there anybody beside me? Is there a police car behind me with the lights going and the sirens and they're wanting me to pull over? So it's got a few benefits to it. But notice you don't, if you stare in your back window, you're going to rear in somebody. Why? Because you're not to look back. Your walk with God is progressive and moving ahead. It's not in the rearview mirror. It's not in past mistakes and past problems. Everything about God is moving forward. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for repentance and the forgiveness of sin. I don't need to look in the rearview mirror. I just need to keep going forward. Isn't it interesting how the scripture talks about that we would continue in prayer? Progressive. Continue in the word of God. Keep moving forward. Continue in prayer. Keep moving forward. Everything's about going forward. But I'm in a desert and I can't feel God. Just keep going forward. Keep praying like you need to. Stay in the word like you need to. You know what God will do? He'll begin to work and to move in your life. We all need the desert. The rut. You how spoiled we would be if God answered every prayer. We'd be a two-year-old out of control. There has to come that love and appreciation to God and the patience and waiting on God at times. See, because my waiting on God, I can acknowledge he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Lord, you do have this in control. And it will be in your time that you open that door, answer that prayer, move in my behalf. So I just want you to know I'm going to keep you as a priority, but I'm going to continue to move ahead. I'm going to continue in prayer. That, you, you can come to church at times and you don't feel the presence of God. Why are you here? I'm continuing. I'm moving forward in my walk with God. He didn't say whether you felt me or not. 
He didn't say whether you got goosebumps every time you walked in the door. He said that I would continue in the faith. So whether I feel him or not, I'm going to keep coming. Why? Because it's a test in my life. It's a trial in my life. And it, and it may be just reprioritizing. Is he really first in my life? Is he number one in my life? Does he matter more than anything else in the world? Since COVID hit, I don't have a doctor. Uh, my insurance company dropped the doctor that I have over a year ago. I still don't have a doctor today. But Jesus is the priority in my life. And when it's time to get a doctor, because they told me when I got COVID, they said, you need to tell your doctor. I said, well, you've given me two, and neither one are taking patients. So how's this going to work? But it's not a priority. I'm not chasing people down. I'm not making phone calls. I, I, I applied. They sent me a thing a couple months ago. We got your application. We'll get you somebody. But see, if it's not a priority, you don't waste time on it. Because God has this in control. He knows when I need that doctor. He'll know the time. He'll bring the right individual into my life. Am I making any sense? I'm just trying to. See, I could focus on that. Oh, my God, i got to have a doctor. What's going to happen? I'm going to die if I don't get a doctor. And where will I go? And what will I do? I just go to urgent care. It's simple. See, but the devil would cause you and I to stress over things that we really don't need to be stressed over. What do the Bible tell us? And looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of my faith. I got to keep my eyes in the right place. I got to look up because my redemption draweth nigh. And when I can begin to realize this is what God's got for my life. And he's taking me through that. And he's been good to me. Uh, he's the great physician, folks. He's the doctor of all doctors. I can always count on him. So during this time, as we begin to realize there's a lot of things that are happening, but I, I just want God to work in my life in a way that, that is pleasing to him. When he's a priority in your life, I like how the scripture puts it when he said that we may be pleasing to him. Do you realize that everything I do is I want to please the Lord? How I talk isn't about religion. I just know it pleases the Lord if I don't cuss people out. That my light would shine. Because I'm not saying mean, hateful, and nasty. I do that not because the Bible said curse not, which it does, and I understand. But, by, but for me, I want to please the Lord. Why do I dress like I dress? I want to please the Lord. This is what he asked of me. See, my life is no longer my own. So now, because of Calvary and him dying for me on an old rugged cross, my desire in life is, I, he's priority, I want to please him. So when the Lord would ask me to do something, I want to please him. If he tells me to do something financially, uh, to help somebody, or to give in this area or that area, I want to do it. Why? It pleases him. That we would be obedient to what he's asking us to do. Do I have to do it? See, no. I learned years ago, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pray. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to go to church. But I get to. Some of us, God found us in the gutters of life. I'm here to tell you. Uh, I've had my life pass before me, and I thought I was dead, and I was unsaved. I wasn't in the church. If I'd have died that day, I'd have went to hell. 
So when I get to go to church, it's because, thank God, he didn't take my life that day. But he spared my life till a preacher came into my life and began to share with me and witness to me. And I repented of my sins. And then I went into the waters of baptism. And then God filled me with the Holy Ghost. So do I have to pray? No, I, I get to, man. It's a privilege. It's an honor. You ought to see what the option was. To me, living for God is so much of an attitude. When I hear me, oh, do you got it? What do you mean, do you got it? You want to burn in hell? I mean, that's the option. Or would you rather just please the Lord? Isn't it amazing when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him? Start looking up all those verses when it deals with pleasing the Lord. God begins to take care of you. Why? Because I'm doing that which is pleasing in his sight. I'm loving him. I'm walking with him. I'm putting my faith in him. I'm putting my confidence in him. And it pleases the Lord when I do that. So my goal in life, I want to please him. I want to love him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind. Where are you at today? Are you in a valley? Are you in a desert? Are you in a slump? You can come out of that today. You really can. You're just going to have to press in. You've got to press in. Luke 16 and 16. Would you put that one up, please, Jerry? There's times that just coming in and three hallelujahs is not going to get you in the presence of God. Okay? Come on. And the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth, presseth into it. This goes back to the veil, the four-inch veil that was between the holy place and the holiest of holies. And when the priests went in once a year to offer the sacrifice for the children of Israel, that was so thick and so heavy that the priest would have to lower his shoulder and press his way into the holy of holies. You may be here today and I say I can't feel anything. I promise if you will press in today and get past the flesh, get past all that negative thing get past all those things that are letting that you're letting get into your head and just press in and worship him you'll come out you'll come out why because i'm going to prioritize god you got to be first now i'm not saying you don't love god i don't don't misunderstand me i'm just saying what if my busy schedule has got filled with other things that have cost me in my walk with god that he's not really priority I just want to come back to an altar somewhere and say, God, you're number one in my life. I need you more than I need anything else. I need your help, your leading, your guidance. Romans 15 and 5 deals with, he says, uh, and you can do nothing without me. 1 Corinthians talks about, for you are bought with a price. You are no longer your own. If we could wrap our mind around those verses. You are no longer your own. You were bought with a price of Calvary. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. When you surrender to God. 
You drive what he wants you to drive. You live where he wants you to live. You work with on the job he wants you on. See, I don't believe that anything is by accident. God knows where he wants you at a time and a season. I'm not saying it'd be that way forever. And God may move you to the next job and to the next season in your life. But I'm here to tell you, when I have surrendered my life to him and he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings in my life, then I can say, God, what do you want today? How do you want me to live? Where do you want me to to live? What job do you have for me, God? There's a job where somebody I can witness to. Uh, I've never been one that could buy into, you don't witness on the job, and, and you know, it's a government job, and yada, yada, yada. God, you placed me here for a reason. When I came to God, the Lord allowed me, I was working in a sawmill at the time, but the, the, Lord, the Lord allowed me to win four families to God out of that mill. I was praying with people under the mill. I was witnessing on the green chain, on the pond. I, I did a number of jobs. So I worked the pond and dump trucks and all kinds of, but see, I knew why I was there. I had, I, I had belly ached and throat a fit for a few years that I wanted to drive log truck because it paid more money. That was before I came to God. And then I came to God <clears throat> and they come to me and said, Hey, Curtis, go jump in that log truck and take off. I said, now nah, I'm going to stay right here. Why? Because I was teaching Bible studies and I was winning people out of that mill. And you put me in that truck, I didn't got to have anybody to witness to. <laughs> I ain't going to be able to be the light that God called me to be. See, so in my carnality, I prayed for something that was against the will of God. But the door began to open, but I had lived for the Lord long enough now to say, uh, no, I'm not taking that job. God, the devil's trying to isolate me. <laughs> When we're light and salt, we want to be involved in people's lives. I want to be around people where I can witness, where I can testify, where I can share. See what I'm saying? So realize your job is your ministry. It's where you're at. I've had young preachers, young guys come to me, feel the call of God on their life, and then they start telling me they don't like their job. You know what I tell them? Hey, you're in the right place. God put you there. God's going to teach you how to get along with people. If you think you're going to be a preacher, you're going to, have to get along with people. And some people in that job are going to be difficult. Some of them people are going to be hard to get along with. I remember when I was working on that log dump in the pond, there was an older guy in about his 70s, and he probably didn't weigh 100 pounds. And, and he'd come in and give me a bad time. He'd yell at me. He'd cuss me and everything else. And I remember one day he pulled in in his log truck. And he said, you know, I'm going to jump out of this truck and I'm going to pull that T-shirt up over your head and pound you. I said, get out of the truck. I've had enough. <laughs> he wouldn't get out of the truck. I'm just telling you, you can run into difficult people. Now, I wouldn't have hit him, honestly. I would just <laughs> had enough. I think I was like 18 or 19. I wasn't very old and uh, very rebellious and unsaved. Uh, but God had me there. For those people that I could learn how to work with difficult people. Come on. Everything you do, if he's priority in your life, then he's got a reason for where you're at and what you're going through and in the time. You may not be happy with it today, but if you'd pray back through, you'd get happy with it. Because what would happen is you, could, you would come to that place, okay, Lord, let not my will be done. Because I don't even like to be here. I hate this job. I hate the people on this job. I want to leave. But, God, if you want me here, then I'm surrendering to you today, submitting myself to you, that until your will is accomplished on this job, I'm not moving. 
See, everything you're doing is in preparation for the work of God. Every trial you have gone through to this time is preparing you for the work that God has for your life. Every setback, every disappointment. <clears throat> when I was pastoring the Union Gap, a guy called me. He said, I know where you live, and I'm going to kill you. I said, okay. I said, I'll just get to heaven sooner so you're not going to scare me. So if you want to come shoot me, come shoot me. He never showed up. See, you, all this is preparation. Do you realize that? All this is preparation for what I've asked God to do in my life. Everything you're going through today is simply preparation for the ministry God has called you to. Could we submit to that today? If God is not priority in your life, and I'm not asking for raising hands, anything else, just between you and God. But I wonder if we could open these altars. Would you put him back on the throne of your heart? Would you say, Lord, I want you to be priority, not priorities. I'm going to go back to the 1400s. I just need one priority in my life. And that is my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. The one I'm going to stand before on the other side. He's the one that I want to be King of Kings, Lord of all Lords in my life. Would you stand with me right now? Lord, we come to you today. Lord, we come to you today. Come on, let's just begin to worship him. Let's just begin to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might this morning. Lord, we come to you today, God. We're asking you this morning, Lord God, uh, help me, Lord, if I've got busy uh, and I've got a lot of things going, and Lord, you, you've not been the priority in my life. I, I pray today that God, help me repent, God. Help me find a place that, Lord, I would move aside and allow you to come back in to number one in priority in my life, oh God. Help me keep moving forward, God. Pray for those in the desert today, God. Those in the wilderness today, God. Those that are in a rut today, God. Help us to shake ourselves and get into an altar, God. And to push in, to press into the kingdom of God. To pray back through, Lord God. And to find renewed faith in God. Renewed hope in God today. Lord, I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. I want to open these altars. And give you an opportunity, if you would like to, just to come and pray. Lord, you're everything to me, God. Lord, you're everything to me today, God. I pray for your will, your plan, your purpose today, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, bless this young man, Lord God. As he gets his priorities straight with you, God. He allows you to be first and foremost in his life, God. Oh, that you would use this young man mightily in the kingdom, Lord God. And Lord, that you would use him for your glory, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And realizing that everything he's going through is simply preparation for the hand of God to work and to move mightily in his life, God. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. I'm praying in the name of Jesus, move and work today, God. Oh, Kota, 
myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me my life is not my myself to you my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you I give myself away I give myself away
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, how wonderful the word of the Lord is. Amen. We're here today, amen. We need to take this word with us. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, I dismiss you all. You'll just go with this word today, amen. The Lord bless you all. Thank you for being here.